Sorry, Carpen. Welcome to another episode for the Funk Report. It's time for Media Prof Reacts 2. And today we're reacting to two things. One thing, obviously, has to be once again House of the Dragon. A, because it's just everywhere. Um, B, because apparently I'm still in the minority <laughs> with my opinion. You can already guess what it is. And C, I'm really just curious to hear, like, why, why am I not getting it? Maybe you can just really tell me why am I not getting it. So, where to start? Um, A, time jumps. It seems to be like the, the, the choice of the creators to explain everything. It's just the getting, but if the time jumps all the time, I don't know how to how to feel about that. But okay, now time jumps are there. Okay, at least this time around, explain it. Awesome, that's cool. Why not? Why not having done that before? Why not doing that before? But okay, this time, explain it. Yay, cool. Okay, nice, nice. Uh, <laughs> but then. Again, the the characters. Like, I mean, yes. It, it, see, you can you can always argue with the time jump now, like, because the characters always like what, what I said earlier, right? It, in in one of the previous shows, the characters always change so much in their behavior, and then it's always like, yeah, because it's been ten years, so they they went through a lot. Yeah, but but I don't know that. Hey, little dragon in the background. For those watching, my cat is. Running around the balcony right now. Can you not stay there, please? Can you stay somewhere over there? You almost fell down there once. Can you come back here? Thank you very much. Okay. Sometimes I have to take care of my little dragons here too. Um, okay, so where, where were we? Um, oh, yeah. So, you know, just this time jump argument, right? They went through... Excuse me. They went through so much. I've also, for those listening, not watching my... Little black dragon just jumped onto my recording chair slash bench. Okay, so this t it's just a bit lazy to do this. Like, yeah, it's been 10 years, so that's why it completely changed. Well, yeah, I understand that a lot happened, but I mean, we don't know what, what, what happened, right? So they grew apart. Okay. How? What? Why? Uh, 10 years is a long time. Maybe they also smooth things over who 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 knows like that ah it's just mm, mm. and then same thing still that I, that I mentioned last time too when i talked about house of the dragon uh dragons dragon dragons house of the dragon the dragon because it's the dragon <laughs> like some of them just look exactly the same they don't age and some just look completely different some aged 10 years, some aged like 2 years from, from the looks of it. Uh, uh, I don't uh. So those are those, those small things that still keep bothering me. Um, I do like that the action seems to be picking up eventually now. Um, but I also have to admit that the first thing I do after I watch House of the Dragon is then watching a breakdown of by by either the, the channels I mentioned before either by alt shift X or emergency awesome 
because uh, they just make sense of everything and they break it down and that's really awesome. But shouldn't I, shouldn't I be able to enjoy the show without such a breakdown afterwards? The breakdown should, shouldn't it show just be for, for, for nerds? And I, no, no offense because I've, I've been watching them for Game of Thrones too. So it's not meant in an offensive way, but shouldn't it be an extra thing that I watch if I want to, not one thing that I have to watch to understand the show? Hmm. Ah, and that's what that, it just keeps bothering. And as you can see, I talk about it now way more than I plan to because I really want to get into it and I want to understand it and I want to be like, yeah, cool, Ooh, dragons. By the way, not, not that many dragons just yet in House of the Dragon. Um, but I, I understand that they are the dragons. That was a joke, right? But still, I want to get into it, but it's been. Eight episodes now, and I'm still not into it. Ah. How how slow can you build? And yes, I know Game of Thrones also builds slowly, but and then the big wow ending in East season one. Yes, okay, get it. But ah, there was more more happening between. And I don't know. Maybe it was that there was something unique with Game of Thrones, and we haven't seen it before. And now you're like. I know how this is gonna end out. I know they're all gonna die, so just give it to me. Maybe that's also a part of it. Maybe that's why people, the audience, me, are we were less, less patient. Um, I have to say though, I, I left one critical social media comment. It was even just a throwaway line on like one of the BBC posts where they posted about like last week's episode that people complained about that it was too dark, and my comment was. That's what you're complaining about? And I got so many hate replies and even messages on my on my IG profile. It's at at HA Sasha by the way. <laughs> I got so many hate yeah, so much hate. So apparently the the House of the Dragon fan base is already very loyal, so good on them for having that loyal fan base, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I don't even want to hate that much. It seems like I'm a hater now. I don't want to hate. I want to like it, but I just don't so far. To be quite honest, oh god, that's gonna get me hate again too. Sometimes I fast forward a little bit uh, to get through some of those slow building scenes because you know what's gonna happen. And you know, okay, I have to get through this scene to get through the next scene. And, and it's just like, okay, go, 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 go. Okay, wait, there's something's happening. Okay, next. I think I've never done it with Game of Thrones. Maybe with the last season, but before. Otherwise, I've never done it with any Game of Thrones uh, episodes, I think. Huh. Again, not hating necessarily. Maybe it's also my problem, what I said earlier. Less patient now seen Game of Thrones and know how they're building up stuff, know that we have to go through this to, to go to, to that and hence, like, I know it's just a build up, just give me the action now, let's do it. So maybe that's, that's also why I have less patience there right now. Again, I'm very happy to hear from fans out there, uh, House of the Dragon fans, do you like it, don't you like it? I mean, if you're fans, you probably like it, but let me know, like, what am I missing? Yeah, may, maybe without hate in your voice, unlike those social media people that like commented there and sent me DMs uh, that that I suck and your life sucks. What? 
so, but if you can explain to me what I'm missing, maybe then I'll be, I know, able to understand it moving forward. Maybe I have the wrong, the wrong attitude towards it or something. Let me know. Again, in a polite way, that would be nice. Then I'm, I'm, I will also make sure to reply to you. No problem. Okay. All right. Um, so that's enough House of the Dragon talk uh, for right now, for this week, I think. According to Emergency Awesome, the Dance of the Dragon is going to start in the next episode. So maybe then we see more action. Yes. So maybe then I'm going to be like all excited. So let, let's let's wait and see. Okay, that's, that's one thing that I wanted to react to today. Um, and in the, the next part of the Media Prof reacts to uh, something differently. Not only House of the Dragon, um, even though... That's one of the bigger shows that we've been watching all the time, of course. But it's not the only show that we've been watching, obviously. And so the next thing that I react to is WWE, too many W's, WWE Extreme Rules. Yes. So <clears throat> this is also, of course, part of the Wrestling Wednesday here in the Funky Pot. So let's break it down. Break it down like the walls of Jericho. Uh, yeah, you see, I know my references. So, for those who follow the, the Wrestling Wednesday here a little bit um, on the channel, you know that I haven't been the biggest fan of WWE for a while now, but of course we all know now Triple H took over from Vince McMahon, things are getting better, ooh, everything is awesome. Not everything is awesome just yet, but things are getting better. Yay, cool. Okay, so then... Also, then they're the bringing in Daniel Cormier as a special guest referee for one of the fights, one of the matches. So, of course, intriguing because I'm a big MMA fan, as you maybe also know. So, I was like, okay, let's watch it again. And Rave, the reviews were great um, before I watched it. So, I'm like, okay, let's, let's watch it. So, then intro. Extreme Rules starts off introduction, like intro video package. And just like the UFC, WWE is really good at that. Like, really good. See? I'm not the biggest UFC, how do people call it, shill, I think, not a native speaker. I think. So I like the UFC, I like to watch the fights, but I'm not a big fan, the biggest fan of the of the company per se. But those video packages those in UFC, the, the embedded are great. And now when it comes to um, the WWE, those intro packages, they're also great. Those behind the scenes videos, not always, but those intro packages, where they set up the event are fantastic. In this case, if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's like, like, like a kid uh, being like on a stage and then the light just focuses on, on the kid's face a little bit. And then it's like a spelling bee competition. And like, okay, kid, your word is extreme. And then the kid is like, and it's the voice of Paul Heyman that, that does that, right? That, that gives the kid the, the word. And then the kid is like, okay, extreme. Can I get a definition? And then you hear Paul Heyman from the off being like, extreme and his voice is getting more extreme and extreme and it gives like definitions and you see pictures or videos flashing from like other extreme rules matches and then the kid is like can you can i get it in, in a context and then boy gives some context with like more pictures or videos flashing from from extreme events and his voice gets more extreme and then the kid is like can you use it in a sentence and then the sentence in paul Heyman is like more extreme again with all these videos flashing up and the kid is like one more time can I, the place of origin or something. And then Paul Heyman goes like, Philadelphia. Of course, the event is in, is in Philadelphia and the crowd goes wild. So that was a 
I'm getting goosebumps right now. That was a perfect intro and Paul Heyman should just get all the money in the world for doing that. Like for being able to make everything so much more awesome. And that's also the one thing that, that bothered me a little bit and later down the road with that with that that fight pit match. A fight pit match is a stupid name, but whatever. See, they're great at like those video packages, but then at naming stuff, it's terrible. Also, the first match on the card was great. Like from an action point of view, but it was like, I don't even know what it was, like a weird bar or whatever, brawl match. They had a really stupid name. Good old whatever. And they always said, this is a good old-fashioned hmm match. And then they, they said like this phrase the whole time, like Vince McMahon style. Always use the same phrase. Good old-fashioned hmm brawl. Good old-fashioned. So annoying, WWE. So annoying. Just like don't treat your audience like they're stupid. Um, and then later down the road, like the, the intro package for... The fight pit uh, match between Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle was like stylist like a real fight, and um, with Daniel Cormier as the referee, like MMA legend, um, double champion, Hall of Famer, uh, and then the intro package was narrated by Ariel Helvani, who was like a super famous MMA now and now also wrestling journalist uh, for BT Sports, the wrestling stuff I believe. Um, It's famous. He's right. He's famous for the MMA Hour. That's a show which is great too. Uh, and he's a great. Well, you can debate it, but he's a he's a, he's a famous MMA journalist. Uh, and he knows his stuff about, about wrestling for sure. Like he's a big wrestling nerd, which I appreciate. But he just doesn't have the voice to narrate videos. It's not cool. It's not cool. They tried it like in a similar in a Paul Heyman kind of style, like the writing. I feel it was like very Paul Heyman style. But Ariel Helvani just doesn't have the voice to do it. And that's not hating, it's just my impression. So I appreciate Ariel Helvani for what he does, the interviews and so on. That's all super cool. I don't think he's got the voice to narrate stuff. Like, I wouldn't have the voice to narrate stuff. I'm, you, need, you need a Paul Heyman kind of person to do this. Or like the person who usually does it for WWE. is like a little steep voice to tell that. You know. That's cool, but that didn't really work for me. Okay. Other than that, though, um, production-wise, and like again, that's what I'm trying to focus on, and storytelling-wise, of course, because storytelling also a big part here for what I do uh, in my daily life here at work. So storytelling-wise, most things did make sense, which I appreciate. So they set up the fights before, which was cool. So they attacked each other the week before on SmackDown, on Raw, and so on, so then it would pay off here. Made sense. Uh, first match, for example, you had like those, those UK brawlers like Sheamus and... Butch, Triple H needs to give him his name back, man. <laughs> It's his previous name because Butch is just a stupid name. Uh, so he had had those guys, um, and then you had Imperium, which I obviously like because I'm from Germany. <laughs> But at least they're selling their their like Imperium, like their faction, like really well. Uh, I also like like how the one dude who is saying is that's that's a Ludwig Kaiser, <laughs> great name. <laughs> Like really, really exaggerated with the with the German sounding names, and it's it's also great. That he's like Austrian, German, and Italian. <laughs> awesome, appreciated. Um, he always puts his hands behind his back, like like he's in the military before he jumps from somewhere or something. Which is really just a nice a nice touch, I think. So they they did a great job with with like booking the match. Obviously, well, hmm. in the end, taking taking Gunther out, like the big guy, and then just hitting the yeah make make sense of course but it was obvious because the Imperium won the match the night before on Smackdown so then you're gonna give it to 
to the others the day after. That's just WWE style booking, unfortunately. So that, that was that was predictable, but still a great match. And um, <coughs> yeah, how they sell it, um, storytelling wise, and how they stick to the roles is just great. So I appreciate it. I'm not gonna go through every match right now, but uh, like like this, but just to let you know like what I'm looking at. Right, does the storytelling also make sense? Um, I'm still not a big fan of of uh, Bianca Belair and Bailey, for example, and they've been fighting forever now um, with each other. Not a big fan because I don't I don't like Bianca Belair's I don't like the hair. <laughs> there is there I said it. Um, no, I don't like um, her mic skills aren't that great, but sure she's gonna grow into it eventually, I think. But right now it's just I think she needs a bit more bit more training there, a bit more exposure. She needs to do it more often, I guess. Just right, I guess that's how you learn it. Um, and Bailey's just still also like she says the right things, but I just don't buy it. Maybe it's just because of, we've been exposed to that to that Bailey character, that hockey character for so long back then. It's just hard to take anything serious now that she's saying. Um, the yeah, uh, Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey was also surprisingly okay, but Liv Morgan is just she wants to do more than she's not capable of doing I think she's capable of doing a lot but that she can do like really well I think like going extreme like she wants to do it you can see that she's really into it of course and it's great but the way she swings a baseball bat for example it's like that's not how you swing a baseball bat like when she when she went with the baseball bat after Ronda Rousey <laughs> it looked terrible like if someone swings a baseball bat at you and hits you you're supposed to feel it but she was just like eh, eh, eh. um so that that needs to that, that did, also the same thing when she then had a chair in her hands and then like just <coughs> and Ronda Rousey was just walking away from it so I mean also not a great job by Ronda Rousey selling it of course um, but I guess that was the, the the plan more or less so that was that was just not great um, other than that her taking like all the punishment and passing out <laughs> storytelling wise she's like okay she can say like I didn't tap you didn't pin me I just I passed out so I didn't give up and then say the B word or something um, it was a bit weird that she was smiling when she was passing out of course and Corey Graves on commentary really drove it home so maybe they're gonna she's gonna be like yeah I'm so tough or something it might be the angle later down the road let's see about that um, commentary by the way I mean I do miss Pat McAfee Pat McAfee, we miss you. Uh, but Michael Cole still has the same energy that he had with Pat McAfee. Like he's he's enjoying himself now, which is nice. So you can see, like, since Vince McMahon is gone, Michael Cole is having fun again, which is great. He's just he's going nuts when he's supposed to go nuts. It's just great. It's nice to see Michael Cole having fun again. Whoa! Is this, this is an episode where I'm not hating on Michael Cole? Oh my God, it's cool. Yeah, it's awesome. So. Uh, that's great. Um, Corey Graves, a bit annoying at times, but okay. I mean, that, that's also his role, of course. So that's all good. Um, let's see how those commentary teams pan out now. I mean, don't want to hate before they, they had a chance to actually do do something, right? All right. Um, other than that, uh, the the fight pit match, again, well, wasn't the biggest fan because they, they started like MMA style, kind of, right? I mean, with Daniel Comby as referee. Um, and throwing kicks and stuff, but the only Riddle threw kicks because he's the former MMA fighter, and Rollins was like, eh. and then was throwing some air punches. Um, and then 
again, I'm a hater because maybe it's because I, I actually, <laughs> pardon me, grew up with extreme rules, matches with the Hardys and stuff like this, the Hardy boys and so on. Team Extreme. Um, but even the, that, that, that almost fight ending uh, move from Riddle, the, the flop from the top of the fight pit, from the platform down to down onto uh, on, onto Rollins. Didn't look that impressive, to be honest. <laughs> Jeff Hardy uh, would have would have done a swanton bomb from up there, and Riddle is just like ah, flop on my back. <laughs> it's definitely it definitely hurts for real, I know, but it just didn't look as impressive. Visuals matter, right? When you tell a story, it was just like ah. <laughs> Didn't look that cool, bro. Because he's the bro, bro. You gotta find a, a better, a better high flying finishing move or something. Because that doesn't just the floating bro doesn't look great. Um, it's a bit like the, the the coffin drop by Darby Allen. It's like eh, you just fall with your back on people. Why don't they just move away? For example, at least if you just run forward with a forward um, with a somersault or something. Um, then you're like, okay, you're too fast for them to run away. But like this just uh, dropping with your back. Ah, I'm not a fan. What I was a fan of though was like some, some of the moments when Rollins went for a stomp and Riddle avoided it and then just turned it into an RKO, for example. Like That's just cool that he keeps using the RKO um, due to his time with Randy Orton. Storytelling matters. I like it. That's great. Um, yeah, so that, that's my takeaway from that. Also, what uh, storytelling-wise, Edge... You can you can give Edge any kind of story and he makes it work, which is just great. He did in the intro package to his match with Finn Balor. He's like, well, I created them. I wanted to give them a chance because they were underutilized. But then they turned on me. They thought they learned everything. Now it's time for me to destroy them. That was great. Um, so he can he can make sense of everything. You're like, why did they break them up? And now he's fighting them uh, after like just a few weeks. And then, but he makes he makes it make sense, which is great. So Edge, nice. Um, he's still very intense. I love it in, in his matches. Um, then eventually, because he's extreme rules, they handcuffed him, right? You've seen it probably. <laughs> then his wife comes out. That was kind of like interesting. She takes care of business first and with a candlestick. Candlesticks. <laughs> with a candlestick. Mm, then unleashes him, basically unties him, un uncuffs him. And then he just hits like spear, spear, spear. And like, oh yeah, now it's, now, 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 yes, edge. And then, and then they take, they take out Beth Phoenix, uh, Rhea Ripley takes her out. And then of course you already know what's going to happen. You know, as, as soon as she stepped in, I, I thought like, she's going to be the reason why, why he has to quit. And of course that's how it ends because of course he wouldn't quit when, uh, Due to, due to the punishment that he has to observe, he quits when Rhea Ripley threatens to hit a chair on his wife. And then he's like, yeah, okay, 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 I quit, I quit. And then he crawls over to her and consoles her and stuff like this. Nah. understand that. <clears throat> Bit stupid, though, because your goal as the opponent is to make the other person quit due to the harm that you inflict to that person, not via shenanigans and saying like, ha, you said I quit, ha, ha. Because what does that do? It doesn't do anything. You said you said you quit. It's like yeah, because you threatened to kill my wife, you asshole. Like it's not because you hurt me too much. Like I'm still here. Like you, you see what I'm saying? Like um, so that's the one part that, that I don't really like storytelling wise. Um, the Miss, of course, the only person that can make sense out of oh, 
make look comedy bits look kind of real. Like as soon as Miss walked into the building, I was like, and yeah, I know I say that the second time, but it was obvious that he's there to, for the comedic relief again, of course. Like, and he's just so great at that. Like he can be serious and then can get beaten up by by the Philly mascot, for example. Right. So that's just the Miss pun intended it's just awesome he can sell everything it's fantastic I really hope that before it's all said and done that he gets like another big push as like a heel heel champion uh, to some extent he's he's, just, he's great the miss is the miss is awesome um, yeah so overall I, I did like most of the stories that were building up and how they they incorporated them and how they called back to them during the matches um also, also for example, and I, I apologize for jumping back and forth. Also, in the, the, the Riddle Rollins match, where they like called back a few previous matches, and then that how Rollins was in the head of Riddle many, many times. So that was great. So I appreciate that. It seems like they're caring a little bit more about storytelling now these days. Um, maybe it's just because I haven't watched the all of the pay per views in a while. Like this one, actually, I watched everything for the first time in a long time without. Fast forwarding what I do in other shows sometimes. <laughs> uh, so, so overall, good experience. Storytelling works. The production was was value was great. Um, the few things that I didn't like, I mentioned it already, like a bit more coherent uh, yeah, stories or coherent character developments would be cool. Other than that, um, quite happy with Extreme Rules. So let me know what you think. How how did you enjoy Extreme Rules? Um, I also like that. All of the matches were to some extent extreme this time around because sometimes before, like at extreme rules, then we had like one extreme rules match or something like this. So now lots of stuff was extreme. I just wish we would see Paul Heyman more often again. And yeah, okay, let me let me get some hate at the end of this thing. I'm tired of of of, of Roman Reigns. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. The Bloodline and Sami Zayn, of course, great. And it's awesome, and it's the one thing that, that, that really keeps me invested now. <laughs> but other than that, I, I, miss, I miss Paul Heyman with CM Punk, I miss Paul Heyman with Brock Lesnar, I miss Paul Heyman like not just being that, yes, my leader, uh, my tribal chief, I, I, miss the, I miss the other Paul Heyman. I hope we can see them, him again soon. All right, that's it for right now. Let me know how you how you how you enjoyed um, Extreme Rules. Let me know how you enjoyed House of the Dragon. This time I combine everything um, due to some time constraints this week. Uh, so let me know how, how how you how you like this. What other shows are you watching right now? What should should we talk about? I'm about to finish. I hate to admit it, Dynasty, because <laughs> you need some uh, <laughs> relief sometimes, right? And um, yeah, maybe going then afterwards into the Bling Empire season two or something. Let's see. Let's let's, let's see how I feel. Uh, let me know what you're watching um, right now. What you're consuming. As always, like, share, subscribe, rate this podcast. It would be really really helpful. Um, yeah, don't forget to for the wrestling Wednesday people kick out a two. That's important, of course. Other than that, take care, stay safe, and we'll talk. And hopefully also see each other rather soon. Somebody cup.